Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. This is Rome Business Radio. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I am Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. And I'm Thomas with the Rome Floyd Chamber. Good morning, Roger. Hi, Thomas. How are things? Um, you know, chamber weather, as you say. <laughs> uh, everything extended here. Everything's busy. I feel like the world's cranking back up. That's great news, isn't it? Great. It's great. We just need the workforce. So, um, you know, I don't know how, how our guest feels about that. Maybe, maybe we can talk about that. But other than that, you know, you know, we are in the post-pandemic, uh, post-pandemic times. Exciting. Uh, well, if you don't mind, would you uh, would you introduce the guests that are joining us in our Zoom room? And, and, and again, we are still in a Zoom room here because of the pandemic, but we're going to be back in studio here at, uh, after Labor Day at the Rome News Tribune. So we look forward to that. But in the meantime, we're seeing each other virtually. So if you would go around our Zoom room, please, and make some introductions, Thomas, that'd be great. Fantastic. So uh, we have today, we have three uh, fantastic ladies uh, here with us. And uh, I'm going to go start with Ashley Garner. And she's the executive director for the Community Foundation for Greater Rome. Then we have uh, Shanna Raul, and she's the owner of the Hodge Podge in the village in Shannon. Uh, her store is opening on Friday, so it's a brand new store in our community. And then we have Elisa Gumbel, and, and she is with Summit Hill Food, formerly known as Southeastern Mills, and she's the director of Customer Engagement and Insights. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hello, Good morning. ladies. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Elisa, I'd like to start with you. Um, just quickly here, um, you know, we kind of go around the room, everybody, and give, give everybody a minute or two to tell us a little bit about their business. Okay. Summit Hill Foods is the rebrand for Southeastern Mills, which has been an institution in our area forever. Uh, so it, 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 there's so much to cover, but if you could just kind of give us the overview you guys touch a little bit of everything that we eat. <laughs> yeah, we live in the food space. So we've been in business since 1941. The Grizzard family started the business four generations ago. Um, we've changed our name a few times and done a lot. You might not even know that at one point, all of the world's Rice Krispie treats were made here in Rome. I actually so, did know that because I visited your website. <laughs> ah, well, you cheated. But yeah, so we, um, you know, we made honey buns before that. We made Nature Valley granola bars. But now we're, our business looks a little bit different. And that's really why we changed our name last year. So we have Better Than Bouillon. We have Shore Lunch Soups. We have the original Louisiana hot sauce. And we actually just acquired a company back in 2019 out in Salt Lake City. So we make ready-to-use sauces as well. So we really hit everything on your plate from biscuits to gravy, to just a flavor base, to soup, to nuts, to everything, except for not the nuts. But we do, we cover a lot. So we've been in business since 1941 and we're looking forward to keep growing and we love having Rome as our home. And and what is your uh, role there again? Yeah. So um, I'm director of customer engagement and insight. So I foster the relationship between sales and culinary and our customers. So my team poses a lot of recipe ideas for restaurants. So we recently launched a product with um, CKE, which is Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. You might know that they launched a whole new chicken platform and we created the flavoring for the chicken. So my team proposes the ideas and says what should be on the menu. And then it gets, goes out to the universe. Sometimes it takes a while, like two years for parties. Um, other times it takes a couple months, but so we um, do a lot of the trends analysis and talking about what food should be on your plate. Now, trends analysis, does that mean that you get to sample all of this? 
Oh yeah. I do not shy away from food. Eating is my job. I take it very, very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. We'll, we'll come back around. Uh, let's stop here quickly with, uh, with Shanda Rowell. Uh, as, as Thomas mentioned, the hodgepodge is brand new, ribbon cutting coming up. Uh, Shanda, tell us a little bit about your store and what, what uh, customers can expect. We are a new antiques and collectibles and craft shop located actually in Rome. It's in the Shannon area, but we're actually considered Rome. So if you type in the address, you need to put in Rome, Georgia. Um, we're across from the Shannon Park and the old Jones McGowan building, the pharmacy that's been there for decades. Um, we have 25 plus vendors and you can walk in the shop and find just about anything for your home <laughs> and crafts. So you're, you're a kind of a, uh, you host vendors in your space. We do. Okay, so so I, I'm a person with a bunch of stuff in my attic. Can I be a vendor one time, or do I commit for a year, or how does that work? We uh, do ask that you do at least a month. We don't ask for um, an agreement for longer than that. We do offer pop-ups to where you can come be a one-time vendor and set up out front. Um, but in the store, we require um, just a rental um, month-to-month basis. Gotcha. Um, so it's got, you kind of created this, um, this big tent for a variety of different styles. One vendor may have this, another vendor may have that, right? Most definitely. We have some that just strictly, um, make wreaths, um, that's our specialty. And then we have some that do repurpose furniture. Uh, we have some that do just antiques. Um, and then we have some that just bring in a variety of their personalities. (laughs) Sometimes I sometimes I feel like an antique. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the definition of an antique? What's the official definition? Is there one? To some, it's all different. Um, I've, especially getting into this business, I've learned that everybody looks at things as vintage um, and antique a little bit differently. So it's definitely been a learning experience, but it's been a wonderful one. Yeah, I just wondered if there was a set year or something. If it's if it's fifty, well, it's. A- I can I can uh, pitch in. So a true antique is an item perceived as having value because of its aesthetic or historical significance. So it's often defined as at least hundred years old. So that's the Wikipedia uh, version of it. Okay. In case <laughs> so thank you, Thomas. So I, I'm not a, I'm not an antique yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Ashley Garner with the Community Foundation for Greater Rome. Hi. How are you? Doing well. <laughs> thanks. How are you? Uh, if you, I'm great. Uh, if you could please just tell us about your organization. From visiting your website, I'm learning that uh, you guys kind of. Uh, I forget the descriptive term that I remember I, I wanted to use here because it was on your website, but you guys are kind of a, a hodgepodge yourself, for lack of a better word. Funds flow through you to various organizations, but you don't run one yourself. Is that right? That's right. Well, so community foundations are established to support a, a, a geographically defined area. And for us, it's Floyd County. Um, although we we make grants where our donors direct us to make grants for them. So community foundations are families of funds that are pooled together and invested professionally that grow can grow really large over time. We started with $8,000 from, from eight different people, $1,000 around the table we pitched in. 
And that has grown to over $2 million in assets today. And we've given away a million dollars in grants in just over five and a half years. So because we have been invested so well in the market, some of that is the rate of return that we've gotten off of investments. A lot of it, the vast, vast, vast majority, like 86% of that is actually donations. So what we see is that someone... It usually falls into a couple of different categories. They love Rome and they believe that the community foundation is aligned and talking to the best nonprofits and they're going to make grants wisely because we do have unrestricted money that donors entrust to us to give grants out from. But then we have a large bucket of donor advised funds where people see a need that they want to perhaps teach generational philanthropy in their families. So they establish a donor advised fund and they put their children and their grandchildren involved in advising how grants are given from that. They can do it any time that works for them, at any rate that works for them. Some people want this to be endowed forever. Other people want it to pass through and be gone in five years. It's really, like you said, a hodgepodge that reflects the donor's desires But at the end of the day, our our mission is to improve quality of life for everyone in Floyd County. And we see that as both the end user, but also our donor, because we really believe that philanthropy makes people's lives better. Being involved as a philanthropist brings joy to someone's life. Uh, That's an interesting take because uh, it's it's A to Z, as you say. Uh, Yeah. Uh, the 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 giver and the receiver and it's impactful across so many ways so what what prompted this you said it's only been around five or six years what prompted the initial conversation from the initial group that got together what what spurred the action well there were several different drivers that raised it as awareness for me personally um I, I was involved in helping a myriad of nonprofits and sort of on, on the side volunteer work doing strategic planning. And at the end of every strategic plan, it, it, it seemed apparent that what they all need was endowed money to sustain their operation so that they're not killing themselves with their next spaghetti fundraiser or golf tournament, because that's how non small nonprofits exist is off the back of those events. And it, it, is so taxing and tiring to a nonprofit manager, and it takes them away essentially from the mission of the organization. So over and over in my mind, I would think, gosh, everybody needs an endowment for those funds to be there to sustain. But Rome can't support 34 endowments of these different nonprofits. And earlier in my career, I would bumped up alongside of a community foundation in North Carolina and saw what that was doing in North Carolina and Raleigh in the Triangle area. And somehow it wedded in my mind. At the same time, for others, it was starting to wed in their minds that we needed this. Even the chamber, uh, we were told at the chamber that a lot of times whenever prospective pers- uh, industries or cor- companies are looking at Rome, this is a measure of a town's health, is having a community foundation. Because it, it suggests that people care about the community in a long-term way, because we see ourselves as the savings account for the community that will be here forever. So if a tornado hits next week, we're capitalized to be there to help support that. Um, if a huge revelation comes that this is the this is what we need, the solution we need to end poverty, we could be there to help step in and bridge those solutions financially. So that, that's, that's a bit about how we got started. We pulled together some really dynamic people um, who, who caught the vision, frankly. 
Uh, this the term savings account was what jumped at me from off your website. So uh, that's very descriptive. Alisa, ah, um, I wanted to circle back around with you. Southeastern Mills had been so well branded. This is just more of a general business question, marketing question. How tough was the decision to rebrand to Summit Hill Foods? Was was there any trepidation because of how well entrenched Southeastern Mills was known, or is it just no? This is we we've we've changed directions again yet a little bit, so we need to rebrand. Yeah. So throughout our company history, we've changed names four to five times, but still this one was the hardest. We'd actually been talking about it for 10 years. Um, and we really felt that 2020 was like the big year because everybody was so excited for it. Um, we all know how that went, um, but we really committed to the process. It actually took us a full calendar year and we partnered with a branding agency to help us remember the roots of who we are and let that build what the new name was. So they were really a Sherpa for us to guide us to a name that would best represent what the growth of our business was going to look like. Now, the benefit is we still have the Southeastern Mills retail brand. So when you go into the grocery store, you'll still see that on the shelves. That's not going anywhere. Um, so that's nice that we still have that equity in our portfolio. But I'll tell you, in 2020, it was a real hard thing to um, make a big splash out of our new name. So 2020, we're going to keep 2021. We're going to keep pushing it even harder. But um, it was not a decision we took lately. And I'm, it was 10 full years before we fully committed to it. So well, what, is, what is your background? How, how long have you been there? And, and how did you get in, into uh, work there? Yeah, so I have been at um, Summit Hill Foods for seven years now, a little over seven, um, but my background is all in food service. So I worked for um, Mellow Mushroom, <clears throat> which you might know that pizza restaurant. I worked for their headquarters in Atlanta. Um, I worked for racetrack gas stations. I also worked for Tin Drum, which is another um, Southeastern-based restaurant, and First Watch, which is a breakfast concept. So my world is all food. So when I came here, I was like, more food, more people, this is better. And then when um, my team became the culinary team, I was like, me and chefs, unstoppable. We're going to make the world eat everything. So we've, we've had a blast. It's been nice to be on this side of the manufacturing business since I've been on restaurants for so long. Eat everything and make it taste better. Um, yeah. Can you put in perspective for me, if you know this off the top of your head, how big are you guys, employee-wise, locations-wise? Yeah. So just in Rome, we have four buildings. So we have the facility that I'm in on Old Lindale, and then we have the downtown, which I think everybody knows the one right off First Avenue, which is our pride and joy. But they might not know about our other two facilities, which is the distribution center up here by Old Lindale, just a little bit north of us. Um, and then we also have the innovation center, which is right next to um, the First Avenue downtown location. And the innovation center is where our uh, R&D team happens. And it's a lab environment. We have a kitchen. So it's a really cool space. But... <clears throat> Larger than that, we also have production facilities in Louisiana. That's where we make the original Louisiana hot sauce. And as I mentioned, we also have a facility now in Salt Lake City. So we are just under 500 employees. I did want to mention, um, Thomas had said how challenging hiring was, but we hired 80 people in 2020. That's both manufacturing and administration. So we had a really big hiring year in 2020, and it's gotten even harder to hire people now, but we're still growing. So um, we've got the six facilities, because uh, we also have a distribution center out in Salt Lake City, too, um, and just about 500 employees to run it all. So Yeah, that's great. I've, I've, I've always been a little curious because, you know, you guys are so entrenched in the community, um, but that, that kind of helps put a number on it. And I did not know about some of the buildings uh, that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, but you're right. Um, I want to speak with Shanda about um, starting up a business coming out of a pandemic. Um, Tell me a little bit about the challenges that were presented with you in that, Shanda. 
we we haven't faced that many actually. Uh, my husband and I um, decided to open the business, and we were fortunate enough to find this location, and basically just went with it ourselves. <laughs> um, right now, he and I are running it. Um, we do look forward to being able to uh, hire people uh, to come in and work with us and for us. Um, so our our challenges, um, honestly, we haven't faced. as far as like the pandemic and that sort of thing what is what is your background were you always into antiques or what what is your professional background um i actually i spent 20 plus years in social services so (laughs) antiques was not my profession um i got into this just because i loved um going into different locations um and being able to see the variety of things that they have in the stores and I actually started off with just a small booth in Rockmart and wanted to expand. And it's thought funny that she didn't have a bigger space for me. So I jokingly said I would just open my own store. Um, so we actually did not even start planning this until the middle of May. Um, so here we are in the first of July and we have an up and going business. So <laughs> it's actually just taken off and run for us. So it's definitely a blessing. Well, if you're going to open a business, you might as well get the doors open. You might as well. <laughs> yeah. Why spend six months planning? Let's just go for yeah, it. I mean, just go with it. Go with the flow and see what happens. And we just follow, you know, follow the Lord, and He's blessed us, and we'll keep doing what we're doing. Oh, do you have any? Uh, do you have any vendors that have any like uh, vintage record albums from like the '60s and '70s? That's kind of. <laughs> We don't right now, but I'm sure there'll be some coming in the door soon. Yeah, I, I, that's that's the thing that always catches my eye. I, I'm tip, right. but, but I don't know if that's an it's not technically an antique, but I like antique. I'll, I'll, I know <laughs> he's, he's a whole lot of hundred older. I'm one of those guys. Yeah, we have- we have new things that come in the store every day, so it's it's always amazing to watch what they walk through the door with to be able to offer to to different people because it does change daily. I'm I'm just one of those guys that's into old vinyl, um, <laughs> and, and now they make new vinyl. What, what's old comes around again. Um, uh, Ashley, did I ask you had mentioned you ran against up a community foundation in North Carolina, and one of the uh-huh. things I I, I kind of touch on with people is um, some people find their passion like immediately and they stay in that career, that job forever. Uh, like Elisa said, she's kind of always been food in the food industry somehow or another. Um, what, like, what is your background? Have you had a hundred careers or one or. Uh, a bit more meandering, but always somehow based around nonprofit work. There we go. Um, I, I went to school uh, really wanting to study rural policy and rural development. Unfortunately, I chose to go to school in Boston, and there wasn't a lot of rural policy development in Boston, and, and I didn't really recognize that as a passion at the time until uh, after the fact, but I think it's always been there for me. So 20 years later, to be working with really rural policy development in mind at the end of the day, that's that's what we're talking about a lot of the times. It's how do we develop Rome? How do we, how do we grow a healthier community? is somewhat full circle for me. Um, I, I came to Rome and worked at Darlington Development originally, and before that had been at the American Cancer Society. That's where I was in Raleigh. And the story there was this woman, uh, we put a, a, a donor, a, a, pot, a 
grant request into the Triangle Community Foundation for mammogram screenings uh, for a, a county in the southeastern part of North Carolina that had high incidence in women between ages of 40 and 45. And Medicaid wasn't picking up mammogram screenings until 45. So we asked for $10,000 from the foundation or someone at the foundation who had a fund to, to give us a, a shot to see what would happen if we increased screenings in this in this area of North Carolina. Well, fortuitously, a, a woman who had a fund at the foundation was looking for things to fund and asked for a sample of, of proposals, found ours. Her mother had died at the age of 43 of breast cancer. And she had a passion about helping women, underserved women, uninsured women, prevent breast cancer. And so I saw this union intersection, if you will, of someone's, they had the means to, to make a difference, and it was the passion they cared about. And it, it was just one of those moments that that stayed with me 20 years later. I wasn't doing that kind of work really outside of, and, until I was here, I didn't think about it again. And I saw that spark of, of need, community need and donor passion. And that's what we, you know, that's really what I'm trying to do is help. I believe that most people who are inclined to be generous want to feel really good about where their money's going. Mm -hmm. And, and they may care in general about children's causes or about their church causes, mission work or education or transportation for the underserved or the arts or the environment. And so to help find people connect with, to help them connect with things that they really care about is where our work gets really exciting. And that, that's really where this is fun. Gotcha. Um, Alisa, you touched on the fact that through the pandemic, uh, you guys were able to cont continue hiring. And uh, so it's, it's interesting to see how different businesses were affected. Uh, and I know you've got to go here in just a couple of minutes. So if we could, from you, how can people... Um, you know, is, are there still opportunities? What do people need to do to reach out to perhaps connect with you guys, uh, seek employment, things like that? What's what's the best way to get involved with uh, Summit Hill Foods? Yeah, we um, do have a few positions, but right now they're only in Salt Lake City, but um, okay. that always changes. So the best place to see where that is, is at shfoods.com and look under the careers tab. So you'll both find all of our open positions and then you can contact our human resources team through there. But we always love to keep people on files, but we love, we love Realm. It has been such a great place and easy for us to hire amidst all of this chaos. Um, it wasn't super challenging to get 80 people. So we uh, like to keep the lines of communication open. So if something's open, we want to make sure we get a good Roman in the, in the spot. And what, what unique flavors or taste might be in the pipeline coming our way that we are that, that that you can tease us about? Yeah, I mean, I'm currently obsessed with birria, which I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's a beef consomme that you dip a taco or burrito in, and so it's. Uh, we're obviously not going to make a true consomme because that takes a long time to make, but it is deep, rich flavors. It's actually traditionally made with goat, um, and then you it's a combination of a quesadilla and a taco and you dip it in there. So Mexican flavors, it's from Jalisco region. It's spectacular and addicting. So go find some birria today. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, now I'm hungry. Uh, well, all right. Well, thanks, Elisa. And we'll touch base here with, with Shandon Ashley as we wrap up here in just a minute. But Thomas, you tend to find connectivity among our guests. And that's, I guess that's part of what the chamber does. Uh, it's creating connections. It's why we do this podcast. Um, so what's the, what's the secret sauce here that connects these, uh, these three ladies and these three businesses, Thomas, I know you study on this. 
Well, you know, it's it's this one is kind of easy. Uh, you know, from a hodgepodge point of view, you know, we, we are talking about repurposing, and you know, that's a variety. That's that's actually a mixture of what we see here of creativity. You know, you have creativity in the food industry. You know, creativity of flavors, and then Ashley is you know she she has to be um, you know creative in the community, and um, of course. Uh, you know, Shonda has to be creative uh, in her store front location. And they all do items or do things that last, you know, and do it, have an impact. Even, even you know, a, a long-lasting flavor like the Louisiana hot sauce, <laughs> which, uh, you know, it's it's long-lasting um, in your mouth. So uh, that's, that's what I would say, a repurposed mixture of creativity today. Attaboy, Thomas. Uh, I can always count on Thomas uh, to, to define our cocktail party, as I like to call it. Cocktail party without the cocktails as we, we celebrate business and getting to know each other. Uh, Shanda, if you could please um, give us contact information for you. How can vendors get involved? Uh, how can people come see your, you know, again, your, your street address for people to come l- look at things, your hours, social media, what have you. Just give us, give us all that overview, please, ma'am. All right. We're located at uh, 363 Burlington Road, Rome, Georgia. It's off of Highway 53. Um, Our contact number is 706-767-2542. We are currently full. Uh, We have 25 plus vendors, but we'd be glad to put someone on the waiting list um, to be able to join our team. Um, We're open... Tuesday through Friday from 11 to 7. We're open Saturday from 10 to 6 and Sunday from 12 to 5. Okay. And we have a ribbon cutting on mon- uh, on Friday, 9 a.m. The chamber has a ribbon cutting there. So we're looking forward to it. We're very excited about that. And we're actually doing a grand opening celebration on Saturday where we'll have food trucks. We have pony rides. Uh, we'll have boiled peanuts and just a big festival outside. So we look forward to having people come by and uh, stop in and see us then as well. Boy, boiled peanuts and pony rides. That's a party, baby. <laughs> that's a party. That's a Rome, that's a Rome, Georgia, Floyd County party. <laughs> Uh, certainly is we have to meet what they want <laughs> yeah uh well good for you that you just started it you're already you're already booked up with all your vendors that's fantastic it uh, is uh ashley on your on your front um kind of i guess twofold how can people find out more information not only to i guess maybe apply for for grants or what have Absolutely. you or, or yes. to or to support with uh because yeah. so, families might have to be doing estate planning or tax planning and just want to donate what have you what are what are how can people find out more so it's really easy for us to explain grants. It is much harder to explain all of the other work that we do. So it's hard to be compelling and succinct. So this is usually a multi, multi-step conversation when we start talking with donors. So we love to talk with people. If this has sparked any interest or curiosity at all, um, please to call me 706-728-3453, which you can find at our website, which is and an acronym of cffgr.org, Community Foundation for Greater Rome. We will be having our grant cycle at the end of the summer. And we have always hosted, and we are hosting again this year, a How to Write a Grant seminar, which is helpful for our grants as well as for other grants. We host it at the Chamber. They're our partner in making this broadly known. 
Um, we look to do that uh, at the end of the summer. I, the, the date is not inked. Um, I think Jeannie and I have talked about a date, but I don't want to say it in case I'm wrong. Uh, and, and so that will be posted and shared broadly. And we will announce those grants, which usually around twenty-five dollars to $35,000 to nonprofits at the end of the year. And if I may add, next time our listeners uh, walk down Broad Street, just check out those beautiful flower and plant pots. That's a beautiful and, you know, prime example of what, what you. you guys do. So, uh, you know, you make our Thanks, downtown yes. look, look beautiful. So a donor job. came to us and said, we want to beautify Rome. Help help us figure out how. When, boy, we spent a couple of years really investigating that and are really pleased and proud of that effort. A lot of people supported that. It was really a great thing. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. Thomas, any final thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, Great mix of people today. Uh, thanks for attending. Uh, that was a really fun uh, conversation today again. Um, looking forward to, for our next podcast coming up uh, probably in two weeks because um, I'm checking out um, Elisa's plant in Salt Lake City. No, just kidding. But I'm going to be in Utah checking out some, some parks there. So um, let's um, talk again in two weeks. And um, Ashley, Shonda, Elisa's gone. Thanks for attending today and you have a great summer. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. I, Bye. I, I appreciate it. You have been listening to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. I'm Roger Manis with Rome Business Radio. We broadcast from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. Thank you so much.